Fast Forward Productions. The women are speaking. So here's the thing. I realized that a lot of the most popular episodes on the podcast are ones where I just share about my working actor life and mm. what happens and where I'm at with things. And I really like those episodes of other people's podcasts too. I feel like there's a lot to learn just by vicariously seeing people go through life. And I did some of these previously with my friend Helena Santos, who's an actress in Canada. And I realized that we really should start to share more, especially with what you and I are doing in the membership. By the way, I'm here with Gabrielle Binloss. Hi, Gabrielle. <laughs> surprise, surprise. It's not like they didn't know who surprise, you're going to be talking surprise. to. Yep, here we are. And and we're just going to kind of do like a little genuine catch up about like our actor lives and where we're at, what we're doing and kind of how things are going. We're recording this on July 5th. I currently have a house cleaner here for the first time in over a year. I'm trying something new to... <laughs> I'm so, trying to delegate. Life. I'm, I'm trying so hard. This is like, it's big for me. And so I have two dogs in my lap. I have one behind me. I have a white noise machine going. If the noise quality on my end isn't at a 10 today, guys, thank you for just rolling with it because this is what it's like on this side of the woods right now. So Gabrielle, how are you? I'm doing good. I have decided to try out new things since we are in strike and taking up time and finding new hairstyles. I took slate pictures in this. No audition that needed this, but I was like, you know what? It would be great to have this so I don't have to like make sure it's at a 20 when I'm doing the audition and I can just like give myself yes. some freedom. Because little known fact, when I do auditions with straight hair, I will only straighten these portions of my hair and leave the rest curly because it's long enough. So then you won't be able to tell, but when you do the slate, you would. So that's what I've done with my day. <laughs> you guys should check this out on YouTube because Gabrielle's hair looks amazing. It's done with like <laughs> curls. She looks like a Bond girl. Is this with the Dyson? Is this your new hair thing? I used the Dyson to be able to blow dry it. And then I went in and like used, a, you know, a flat iron to like add some curl. And then I just pin curled it and let it sit for like, I don't know, two, three hours. See, okay. This is where you, I think, excel, is that you're not in a class. You're not. No, I think this is so good for people to know. And you're like, well, I have some time today. It's not like you had to force it into your schedule. You were like, I want to do my hair as though I'm getting an audition. And then I'm going to act as though I'm going to do these sides. And I think what's really nice is that you're not doing it just to do it. You're doing it because it would be how you would be using your time anyway, between us having meetings and coaching clients. This morning, you had some yoga coaching and things like that. Have you dealt with this kind of time period before? Because I feel like when your actor career started, you kind of just like went off kicking. And so is this a lot of new free time for you? For real, I don't think I know. Yeah, that's actually a good question because we met when I was already like booking things. But I mean, this was like the first five years of my career because it was slow. Atlanta wasn't a popular market just yet. And the amount of roles they were looking for were very specific and I didn't fit the mold for them. So about five or six years of my time was just spent like doing this type of, well, if I had an audition today, what would I be able to practice since I don't have the pressure of it being an audition? So it seems to be what I go back to when there is downtime because for me, when there's pressure of like, oh, it's a class, I need to turn this in, I start to go into performance mode. And I find out so much more about how I can show up on camera when I don't have to turn it in for a performance. And you kind of got to get past the falsehood of like, 
am I doing this for no reason? And just trust that like, it isn't for no reason. Eventually there will be an audition where I'll be like, oh my God, I've got the perfect hair for that. And I'll know how to do it quickly and efficiently and I'll be ready to go. You just gotta like put those thoughts out there so that they come back in. So this is kind of my like go-to when I have downtime, what I do. It's been coming up a lot in the membership of people saying like, hey, what do I need to do with my downtime? Should I be downloading scripts? Especially since self-tape May is over, I think it was such a great experiment and everybody got so used to taping, turning in auditions that now it's like, oh crap, what do I need to be doing? And one thing I've been telling our members is like, you should do what your body wants you to do in that moment versus trying to download 15 different sides and run through them for the next three or four weeks. Like you already did that in self-tape May. You worked that muscle. Now can we experiment with the other side of what it's like to show up on camera when it's not due for anybody? What pieces of you actually come up when you don't have to turn it in? Yeah. Uh, and like, th that is something that's coming up. So like, Gabrielle and I, if you've been living under a rock or don't follow us on social media, we've written the membership to guest fair, which is our new active platform. And when this podcast is out, the doors will be closed. But we still thought we'd give some content in this variety of like sharing a peek behind the curtain of what we're doing. And, you know, we have office hours, one with each of us every month where we just have open ended questions. What are you guys struggling with? What do you need help with? What can we do? And I think that's something that I've struggled with. Obviously, that's like something I look to you for is downtime things. Even when things are normal, I'm not auditioning two or three times a week. I'm just not. That is a very rare thing for me. And to build a lifestyle in which I could be doing that has been a struggle because I am a time filler and I will fill time with other things if needed. Like I will work on my jobs or I will start a new project and... I'm realizing that being able to fill time is not necessarily always worth it, you know? Yeah. And I want to add that you fill time efficiently. A lot of times I see actors filling time with like to-do lists after things that aren't, in my opinion, impactful for their career. So like, let's take the, I can't remember the name of the show that you were just looking at, but you had auditioned for a show. You really wanted it. The role was a podcast. Oh, based on a true story. Yes. I think you should talk about like what you did with that because you didn't get the role and like how you turned yep. it into an exercise. Because in my opinion, that's using your time efficiently. Yeah. So I actually don't even know if anyone saw my tape for that. That was a project where my rep reached out to me and she said, hey, this is perfect for you. I want you to read for it. I have the sides. I don't necessarily have a slot for you yet. Will you film it anyway? This is totally up to you. I was like, absolutely. It's a podcaster. She's high energy, but kind of calculating like, absolutely, let's go. So I took the time to work the sides. I coached it. I self-taped it. I treated it all like a real audition because in my head, if I do good enough work, someone's going to see it. I don't know in what capacity they're going to see it, but they're going to see it. So this was a, a while ago and I worked the shit out of that role and I felt so confident about the tape I turned in. And I don't know if anyone saw it. I did not book it. When the show finally came out, I was like, yes, I can't wait to watch this and see like what the tone was, what the direction was. Like, was I on point because there was no script available? And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. before I click play on this, I'm going to find the pilot and I'm going to read it because I didn't have access to it. And I'm going to see what I would have done differently if I read the pilot first. Does it change the tone? Does it change the story? I asked around. I got sent the pilot. I read it. And then the next day, I watched the pilot episode and ended up watching another couple episodes as well. And the character I auditioned for wasn't even in those first few episodes. But I actually learned a couple of things from that. And it was that, one, the tone 
I'm trying to work on the way my brain sees things and the way things end up on camera. So like the way that something is described in a shot, I'm like, is this like tongue in cheek? Are we like going high concept? You know, like sometimes it's hard to tell on the writer if you don't haven't read a bunch of stuff they've done or seen it. And so I'm trying to match my mental vision up better with what ends up on TV to be able to gauge tone and things like that. And I still have a few things to learn about that. This was a little bit brighter and poppier than I thought it would be. It wasn't as dark as I thought it could possibly gone. But also I got to witness what happens and why writers should be paid more money because the differences between the pilot script I read and the TV show I watched were dramatic. The story was similar, but the characters to fit the people that they cast, the big names, was very different. They changed the family dynamic. They changed a lot of it. And I think the changes they did worked so much better and fit the age ranges of Chris Messina and Kaylee Cuoco. So I was like, oh, this is how the game is played. Like, it's just like little things like that to know that, oh, they tweaked that a little bit to make it an age-appropriate role for Kaylee Cuoco because I wouldn't believe that she already had two kids. Like, we've just seen her be young for too long. And in the pilot script I read, she already had two kids. So it was like little things like that. And I was like, oh, I buy that she's pregnant, though, with a kid. Like, I, th- I see that. And I, the stakes were raised with that. Watching things like stakes being raised and things like that were so interesting to me. And also, the people who got cast, they split the role I auditioned for into two separate roles. It was two women playing the one role. So the lines I had were that of two people. that They had combined into one person for the audition. And... I mean, who knows how they got to this point, but like, I look way too young to play them. They were much more mature than me. They had a totally different energy. And like, is that why they booked it? I don't know. Is that what they intended when they wrote the character? I don't know. But just seeing things like that and not being able to see it in a comparison aspect, but be able to see it in like a, oh, interesting. This was the tone that character took. I wish I could see their audition tapes to know like, oh, that was a choice they made or that was a directorial thing they did on set. That's the next level of this. But that was so useful. It's not like a glamorous thing. It's not like I did something that I can like, I'm not going to like post it on the internet that like I did this tedious time consuming. I mean, I painted my nails and watched a TV show. Like it just doesn't sound cool, but I learned a lot from that experience. So I think when you think of like busy work, that is something that, that I do that I don't know if I necessarily would say is on everyone's list, you know? Yeah. Like the two points that we made of like me finding a fake audition and being like, oh, okay, this is looking for this type of person. How can I play with my hair to be able to feel that way for myself to do the audition? What would I do for that? And you being like, okay, so I didn't book this role. I wonder who did. And being able to look at it without this comparison point of view and saying, what can I learn from this? Are two different ways that actors can approach to staying busy during this time of strike that we're in and also to work in their craft without signing up for the next class because you feel like you just need to be in it and you want to check it off of your list. But I do not think it's as accessible to be that creative because one, you have to be okay with like doing the work, knowing nothing is happening. You're watching this TV show knowing that they're not about to call you and recast you for it. You're just choosing to watch it. (laughs) Yes. And I'm getting ready for literally nothing. Like there is no audition or anything else. I'm going to turn around and do this, this hair podcast. For. It's 
you look great podcast. on this podcast. <laughs> Listen, it was worth it enough for me to get on and you to have the reaction you did because women supporting women is my like love language and it felt so good. <laughs> so I it was worth it. that. She got on our, we had a Zoom before this. She got on and I was like, holy shit. But you know what's interesting is that like, I don't always, what I want to like point out to that is that you and I aren't always every single day waking up being like, what is my actor homework today? I had free time because I was in an improv class that ended. I have a small break with new work projects. We released the membership. I'm ahead on podcasts. Like I had a lot of ducks in a row in order to be like, okay, what can I add to my plate this week? Because I have the time, not because I have to. And because I want it to, it's something I wanted to do for a little bit now. And I just didn't have time until now. And I think, you know, something we're getting a lot of right now in the chats and something that came up in my office hours in your office hours, it's come up in the Slack is this mentality of like, what do I do if I don't feel motivated? And I don't know if anyone's going to like my answer to this, but <laughs> there's two things. There's two parts of this that come to my head. And then I want to hear your perspective on it. One is you don't always feel motivated. Sometimes you just do shit. Sometimes you just take, I might like, I love the saying like the next inevitable step. Like, what's the next inevitable step? What's the thing I have access to? What's the thing I can do right now? Not what 1,700 things I can do right now, but like, what's the next thing? And when you're in the mindset of doing small little things, it is just easier. And like, unfortunately, I think that's called like discipline. I don't wake up every day. I'm like, I cannot wait to run six miles today. I'm so excited. No, but it's like brushing my teeth. I do it. It's like waking up and saying like, I can't wait to brush my teeth. I mean, some days I feel like that, but like, it's just not something you like really look, it's just something you do. It's something that's in your arsenal. And my second thing on that is sometimes when you don't feel motivated, fucking good, take a goddamn break. Like, why do we always have to be doing something? I've been talking about, I think this, this episode's going to come out in August, but I've been talking about coasty July. I just got out of a huge ramp of work and I'm coasting this month. I'm not taking new classes. I'm not adding anything extra. I am coasting and I'm allowed to do that. And every time I take a couple of days to just like relax, I come back and I sit down at my desk. And I'm like, oh, I have so many ideas. I can't wait to talk to Gabrielle about this or I can't wait to do this in my business or, oh, this is funny for social media. And I think the same thing works in terms of your actor creativity. So what do you feel like doing if it's not a self-tape right now? Cool. Do you want to write something? Do you want to go outside and go for a walk? Do you want to like, we don't always have to be motivated to like be actors. I don't know any lawyer who's motivated to be a lawyer every single day. What do you think about this? So Sam and I come from two different territories, obviously, as we know, Atlanta and LA, but also the way that we have approached our acting career. And Sam's around a lot of actors at all times. And so the commonality is what classes are you in? What are you working on? How can we be a part of something? And I'm around very little actors. And so the commonality is like, don't talk to me about acting. What else is happening in your life? And I think that both of the places you can get burnt out. I can get burnt out about not being able to talk about acting at all, which then makes me find motivation again to do something about my acting career. And you can get burnt out about talking about acting all the time, which makes you stop and like do something different that helps benefit your acting career in an indirect way. But the thing that I would love for people to learn is like, stop going to burnout and then waiting to find more motivation. And also oh. 
Because that's one caliber, right, of the actor of like, I'm going to do it all so hard and every single day, I'm going to do every single thing I need to do. Then you're burnt out. And then you're like, I'm not motivated to go into acting class. It's like, fuck yeah, because you've been acting class since day dot and you haven't taken a break. And then there's the other side, which is like my world of, wow, I haven't talked about acting for a week and a half. I don't feel any motivation because I'm not surrounded by it to do it. So what do I do? But in both examples, the motivation is lacking and the lie that actors believe is that you have to be motivated to do anything in this acting career. I would argue that like 75% of your acting career is not motivated. You're doing it because you're choosing to do it. And then the 25% is motivated when you get the audition notification or you get the call time to be at set. But like that is such a small part of our career. If you're waiting for motivation to get your body moving and doing things, then you are being surpassed by other actors that aren't waiting for motivation and are focusing on other things. And that is like not the way you've got to think about it. Do it, but come from a place of what do you need? Not just do it to do it and not just do it because you're waiting. Not, not just don't do it because you're waiting for motivation. Yeah. And like, what the fuck is even motivation? Is it like a thought in your brain that's like, I cannot wait to do a self-tape. Is that what it is? Because like most of the time I'm like, all right, well, let's get this out of the way. Like, you know what I mean? I have so much, this might not go over well. I have so much more fun working on auditions and reading scripts than I do turning in my final product. I like to play. I'm with you there. I will never be the actor that says, if you don't love auditioning, you can't do this job. Like, fuck auditioning. <laughs> fuck it. Because first of all, it's a tactic on its own. It's not acting. There's a specific way to act for auditions and there's a specific way to act when you're on set with all the elements around you. And it's very fucking nerve wracking to be able to do. So the people that say that they love auditioning, I think that's great for them. Like kudos to you, but it will not be me, which is why I have to practice the other stuff to give myself a sense of control. So that way when the audition comes in, I'm like, great. I already know how to rock the hair. I've already tried out a couple wardrobe options for this. Now all I get to do is play, like you're saying, and showcase that on camera. And then the work becomes about living in that high life versus like, I love every audition and that's why I audition all the time, even when I don't have them because auditioning is just so much fun. I'm like, what are you, that's not true. (laughs) Yes, yes, turning in like the fun, because that's, I will tell you, that's how I know when it's always time for me to leave a class is when I start acting for the teacher and not for the scene or for my partner or for myself. It's in the character. It's when I start acting to prove teacher. I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm acting specifically for this person. And 98% of the time, my acting coach is not the person casting jobs. That's a big red flag for me. But also the things that you do, quote unquote, for your acting career that you can feel motivated to do don't always have to be acting. It doesn't have to be a self-tape. It doesn't have to be like reading a script. It can be calling your grandma and asking her what her hobbies were when she was your age. Talking to humans, it is so cool that we do this job that like existing in the world is a great way to be the best at your job. Like, have you ever watched how someone bags groceries? Have you ever watched how they bag? First of all, practice making eye contact with people. Look at them. Yes. Say hi. How are you doing? And then look at what they're buying. Can you make some character points off of what they're buying? Is this person have like 
five TV dinners and a handle of vodka, great. I can make a whole character out of that. Do they have bananas and a container of spirulina and then like a container of egg whites? Awesome. I can make 700 assumptions about this person. I can build a character off of them. What do you think their life is when they get home? What was the moment before they went to the grocery store? Do you think they put their card back? Like, this is such fun stuff. And it's just free at the grocery store. Like, you have to get groceries anyway. Like, you can see it as an actor, you know? It doesn't have to be these tasks that we picture sometimes. Sometimes it's okay to see the world through a different lens. And that in and of itself is being an actor. Yeah, we fall into the trap because so much of the world is do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. And now you've equaled into this. And acting is not that way. There is no handbook on how to do it. So when people say, what should I do to work on acting today? The answer I'm always going to give is like, where do you feel like you're lacking? Are you lacking in creativity? Okay, is it beneficial for you to actually put an audition on tape? Or would it be beneficial for you to go knock out the groceries you needed to get anyways and make characters out of the three people that you see when you walk in the door? Because you're still tapping into that creativity, which in my opinion is going to be more beneficial than you working any script because you're tapping into that light that you have and you're igniting it versus what your brain does when you go and prep an audition that is such like a sacred space, I think, that we should as actors protect a little bit more instead of just like running through it because you still need that magic, but it's hard to get when you're constantly doing it. So how can you ignite it somewhere else, like making characters out of people at the grocery store that you can't wait to use for the audition that you do get? And you're like, oh, hell yes. I saw that three egg white spirulina and such and such girl. And that's this bitch in this audition. Like there, it works yeah. together. Yes, like the character you're dressed as right now that you did your hair in the side sport, like what does she buy at the grocery store? I think she buys like a bougie wine, some type of chocolate dessert. And she's already eaten because she went out on some type of hot date and this guy was just lame. So she cut it short. So she grabbed her own dessert at grocery store. Oh, wait, I want to be friends with you. <laughs> it may or may not have been me in my 20s is what I just decided. <laughs> Listen. We just developed a brand new acting exercise. What would your character buy at the store? Or does your character go to the store? Do they only That's order true. Instacart and Postmates? We said we weren't going to do acting classes yet. Here we are. Oh my God. <laughs> but I think this is really good. I think that's so useful. Like little mundane stuff can be so interesting if you choose to look at it that way. And sometimes I think we get caught in this idea of it needing to look a certain way. I am guilty of it. When I haven't had an audition in a long time, I'm like, why is no one seeing me as an actor? And it's like, bitch, have you seen yourself as an actor recently? Have you, where are you putting yourself on the day-to-day -day life? Is the only thing I've focused on work? Well, of course, then when I have free time, my brain goes to like, what can I do for my money jobs? Because it's the only thing I made time for, right? Like, I think you're so good at that. You witness me doing it all the time. <laughs> Did you see me quietly laugh and nod uh -huh. at the same time? But uh -huh. you're getting your thoughts. <laughs> you're about to take a whole trip. But yes, I am very, very good at being selfish with my time. There are things that I don't negotiate, which is my quiet time in the morning and my evening time at night. And in between, I fluctuate between what is actually needed and what is going to keep me vibing high energy-wise. And I think it's a harder choice because you have to be okay with the stillness, and the silence and the thoughts that come in. But the way I see it is those thoughts that come in are thoughts that are coming in when I'm doing my audition tape anyways. I'm just not hearing them. And so just like you said, like 
why is no one seeing me as an actor is what comes through when you get quiet. Well, that thought is probably still going through your head when you're turning in an audition that you don't feel confident about. And so you're choosing to like listen to it in those moments and like redirect it. Like, bitch, why do you not see yourself as an actor? So that that way, when you show up on camera, it's not still playing in the background. But that way that I craft my day, I might not do anything for acting during that time. But hearing that thought go through to me is more valuable than any acting class because no teacher is going to tell me that. <laughs> yeah. And what you just said, I do want to like highlight that being good at days where you don't have things going on, being able to accept stillness and not fill it necessarily is so hard to do. We, that's what we saw everyone faceplant in the pandemic because of that. And that it is so hard. But have you ever been on set, guys? Do you know what you do half the time? You sit around and wait to be called to set, to be told you're ready to go. And you go from sitting, sitting, sitting. You can sit for hours. I have friends who've been on sets where they've been called for the day and they'll sit there for eight hours and then they'll say, actually, we're going to shoot you tomorrow. You can go home. And if you can't sit in that stillness and if you can't figure out what works for you, read a book, play on your iPad, not hopefully rereading your script 700,000 times. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because, you know, by the way, when you have like two or three lines, you're always going to be shot last. You're always going to sit there with your two or three lines and you're going to play them over and over and over in your head. And they're finally going to turn the camera on you and everyone else has gone home and you're going to forget your fucking lines. But that being able to sit in stillness is literally a part of this job. And I'm not saying you on the days you don't have stuff to do, you need to sit in your house and meditate for seven hours. But I mean, something that I've been learning from you and also from my husband so much is like have other hobbies that don't require work or a ton of mental capacity. It's something I'm working on pretty heavily. And I feel like you're very good at being like, well, I did some stuff today and I'm going to go get a massage now because I'm PMSing and it will make me feel good. Like you're like my role model for this. That is exactly what I do. You know, I'm so glad you brought it back to the conversation of what happens on set because I wasn't prepared for that. My first co-star booking, that like long-term waiting and I think you probably experienced this too. That long-term waiting is inside of a honey wagon. So you are yes. in a tiny space just sitting. It's not like you're on set with other people and able to socialize and conversate. And I did do, which is why you, I know you did it too, which is why both of us were like, don't do it. Go over my script a million times to then get on set. And the director, one, either didn't even treat it with what I thought was going to be as important. It was just like a quick shot and done. Or two, mm -hmm. the director wanted me to go a totally different direction. And I wasn't able to do that because I didn't have the flexibility because I had ran it for eight hours inside of my honey wagon trailer. But yes. if you can't live your life with those thoughts and that stillness, even if it is like, like you're saying, painting your nails and watching a TV show, it's going to be that much harder when you show up on set to be able to do that. And all of you who say you want series reg, that is a series reg, is sitting around and waiting until it's your time to shoot. I mean, every series reg I've been on set with is sitting in their trailer for at least four to five hours. We all want that series regular. And what that looks like is multiple days of shooting at one time, which we play around with like, oh man, that means a paycheck. That means not having to audition again. That means being able to feel comfortable. But what we don't play around with is that means multiple hours a day on set, sitting in your trailer, doing nothing, and yes. still having to be able to perform day after day after day on day one, just as much as you're performing on day 14 with little sleep. So you practicing right now, being okay with the comfortability of stillness inside of your own house where you have other things to do and you can step outside 
is just as important as you being in some type of class or trying an audition because that is what you will be having to practice when you are on set. Exactly that. I, I so agree. And like the sets I've been on, when I talk to the series regulars, they always are coming from like a night where they were shooting or they were there yesterday for 18 hours or their call time tomorrow is 3 a.m. or they're meeting new people constantly. And if you're at that high on the call sheet, you represent the sets. You have this pressure to like, not, not that everyone does this, but you have a hope that you are kind and welcoming to the people like us who are visiting your set for a couple of days at a time. And that is a lot of energy to take care of other people. Also, we forget that it's a job. And while the first couple of days might be like really exciting, when you've been on the same set for four, six, eight, 12, 18 weeks, the most I've ever been on the same set is for six weeks. And after two weeks, I was like, oh man, I gotta go to work today. And it's the same feeling you get about going to your money job. So it's like, how can you be okay with that? And like work your, what self-care do you have when you're exhausted? And everything is always, grass is always green on the other side. So you're working on one project. You see your friend auditioning for this movie. You're still going to feel that feeling of like, oh God, that looks really cool. I wish I was doing a movie. Like everyone I know is always reaching for the next thing. It's like, oh, I finally got a guest star. Oh my God, I can't wait to get a series regular. Can I get a series regular? Oh, everyone else on hiatus is doing movies. Can I get a movie? And it's like, yes, great. Hope you have an amazing team. But also, do you like yourself? Do you know who you are anymore? Can you take a breather? Like sitting in, in the quiet is something I've been working on a lot. And it's something I talk to you a lot about. Like, I don't need to work nine to five. I don't need to. I picked a job that doesn't require nine to five because when it does, it requires 3 a.m. to like, 9 p.m. Yes, because it doesn't actually stop. And before you move on to that thought, I just want to rope this back into exactly what we said at the beginning. How yeah. do you stay motivated? Because the point that you said was after two weeks of working on set for six weeks, or well, you had a six-week run. After mm -hmm. two weeks, you were like, oh man, I've got to go back to my job, which is that lack of motivation because the newness has run off. Are you still going to do it? Of course. I know somebody's already thinking, I would be excited every single day if I was going to set for six weeks. Okay, cute. You think that, do it, and then call me and let me know. The lack of motivation happens, just like the lack of motivation happens during a time right now when there's no auditions coming, just like the lack of motivation happens when you're auditioning every single day. So you have to fight lack of motivation no matter what. Wouldn't it be fantastic for you to figure out how to fight that now and how to be okay still doing something without the motivation? Because you will have to do it continuously throughout the rest of your career. It's not like that just leaves once you get that sexy booking that you're waiting for. Like it will continue to come back up. That is such a beautiful place. I think we should stop it there because that is such a good end piece. Because like <laughs> we'll get into dealing with relationships on set at some point because let me tell you, motivation really hits a wall when you don't like the people you're working with. It really makes it hard to oh, get up in the morning yes. or the project doesn't feel like it's going to be important or you don't want to be on something anymore. We see it happen all the time. Yeah. So, or but. you thought it was going to be something different. You get there, you figure out it's not that and you've already signed a contract. So talk about lack of motivation then. <laughs> well, we will touch on that another time. So guys, if you are interested, by the way, in the membership, we have a wait list that we will link below. You guys can have first dibs when we open it back up next time. But for right now, be sure to follow Gabrielle Binloss, also linked in the show notes, as well as myself. Subscribe to the podcast, guys. We're going to do episodes like this all the time for you. And we will talk to you very soon. Yay. Bye. Bye.